0: But that being said, it costs us less than a dollar to rescue and deliver a cooked meal to an end user. It cost us pennies on the dollar to rescue fruits and vegetables, which we're going to waste. And so oh,
1: it, that's that's it, great. It, yeah. Yeah.
0: It just behooves us to do this. Even, even if you're a climate, you know, denier, even if you say, you know, I don't believe in the environmental impact of food waste. Okay, fine. I may disagree with you, but let's put that on the side. Let's just make sure this food is feeding poor people because we can get it for really, really.
2: Welcome to Big Time Sustainability. Big Time Sustainability is brought to you by Center for Big Synergy, and it is a United Nations Global Goals Initiative. On this show, global leaders and changemakers tell us how they are combating major challenges like climate change, loss of biodiversity, hunger, poverty, inequality, and many more. Big Time Sustainability aims to inspire all of us to follow these leaders and act with urgency to create a more sustainable world. If you are a change maker or know someone who is making a big difference in their community or globally and should be on this show please email us at podcast at the or visit www.thebigsynergy.org.
1: do you care about climate change are you worried about its impact on your loved ones and do you think you can do anything to combat climate change in your lifetime if we have three yeses then listen on because you would find out on this show how to start your own enterprise or a not-for-profit or volunteer for one so that together we all can combat climate change and other major issues that are impacting us every day welcome to big time sustainability with your host dr ragani g roy co-founder of the center for big synergy a civil society organization of the united nations that is impacting millions of lives across the planet. Today on Big Time Sustainability, I'm speaking to Joseph Gitler, the founder of Laket Israel, which is Israel's biggest food distribution network, serving food to over 223,000 Israelis in need every week, regardless of their age, gender, religion or ethnic background. Joseph shares his incredible journey and some very practical pearls of wisdom that can get you started on making a positive difference to millions of lives in your community and the wider world. So let's get started. Hello, Joseph. Welcome to Big Time Sustainability. How are you today?
0: I'm doing wonderfully. It's a beautiful sunny day, although you can't probably see that from where I'm recording, but all is well.
1: Our listeners would love to know more about the extraordinary work of Leket Israel and your outstanding achievement and contribution towards the society, the community and the wider world. So I'll straight away dive in and ask you the first question, which is, what was the big inspiration behind starting Leket Israel in the first place?
0: Well, I think the inspiration was on the one hand, the success of the state of Israel economically over the last quarter century which is something really beautiful to behold, Startup Nation, all the brilliant high tech that's come out of the country. Right. Yes. That success though has brought with it, unfortunately, many people who haven't been able to keep up. So you have this weird dynamic that's happened in many places in the country where you have a section of society living well, most of society thankfully living well, and then a small percentage struggling to make ends meet. That's what happened on the one hand, And on the other hand, uh, I was fortunate to visit hotels and go to events. And at all these events, we would all say the same thing. What are they doing with all this food? And so for me, the inspiration was really just seeing a problem on the one hand, food waste, a problem on the other hand, people in need and saying, let's put those two together and certainly didn't expect 20 years later to still be at it but it's become such a big success and such a big operation that that's been what i've it's become it's become my life's mission and i'm very proud of it
1: considering the ongoing geopolitical turmoil in the region where you are based how do you ensure that your work remains unaffected by the differences in the region
0: Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, So there's different types of geopolitical issues that can rain down upon us. So, of course, we've been living and are living, let's say, through COVID. So during COVID times, we just kind of had to change our operations and the way we do things. So normally we get millions of cooked meals every year, excess meals from hotels and corporate cafeterias. During 2020, 2021, 2022, we would change our operations and actually raise money and purchase meals. That's an example.
2: Everything else
0: that happens in Israel, unfortunately, um, look, we're an apolitical organization, so politics doesn't impact us, but of course, rockets and um, violence uh, can get in the way of our work and we just, we plow through. I don't know how else to say it. Um, we keep our employees, you know, safe. And when when things are going on, we sometimes need to change the way our operations happen. But at the end of the day, we need to feed poor people and we need to find solutions, never with force. Obviously, sure. you never, no LECA driver ever needs to go out. If they're nervous, whether it be from, things that are going on within the State of Israel, things that are close to the State of Israel and connected. But yes, my answer is, we live in a very complicated part of the world.
1: That's Generally right.
0: things, despite what people might see, the day-to-day in Israel is relatively quiet, so we can do our work without thinking about it. But we do have spikes that you may not see in other Western countries.
1: Yeah. Sure. And um, I, I think you stand as an example of someone who has been able to unify every person in the region, you know, irrespective of the religion, gender, ethnic background, and you have, you know, irrespective of that, been helping them, serving them and uh, making the community a better place. So which is a great thing that the world needs to learn from you, for sure, as a model, um, which we truly respect. So um, great work on that side, for sure. Um, So going back to the first question, um, Joseph, food waste. So why is food waste such a big issue in Israel and around the world? And how does that matter in relation to sustainability and climate change?
0: Well, first of all, I'm very thankful that an issue, food waste and its impact on the environment, which when I started 20 years ago, wasn't even something you could about people didn't even looked at you funny and they didn't know what you were talking about today in general people understand and while it's not while it still isn't let's say a major talking point for our fundraising purposes you know our fundraising is still focused on rescue food to feed the poor
1: that's right yes.
0: there's people understand that there's an extra win-win you can rescue food you can feed the poor, and you can also help the environment at the same time, and people get it. And especially a country like Israel, which has water issues, okay, where we import most of our oil. It's a small country. uh, We have to be responsible for our environment. So here there's a very clear understanding that we just cannot waste food. And we have major poverty issues. We don't have starvation, thankfully. We're not talking, you know, we're Israel isn't a poor country. Okay. I like to call us a second world country. Some people don't appreciate it. Maybe we're really a first world country. Somewhere between first and second world, whatever that means. And so we can afford to waste, but we shouldn't be wasting.
1: So it's a win win for the organizations who are supporting you, which is what is the best thing to do is to help the people who really need it and then finally help the planet as well.
0: Yeah, and for, and for pennies on the dollar. I think that's the beauty. You know, Letget has a very large budget. It's spent on distribution, uh, getting our hands on the food, getting it to the people who need it. Yeah. But that being said, it costs us less than a dollar to rescue and deliver a cooked meal to an end user. It cost us pennies on the dollar to rescue fruits and vegetables, which we're going to waste. And so, oh,
1: brilliant. It, that's, that's it, great. It, yeah, yeah.
0: It just behooves us to do this, even even if you're a climate, you know, denier. Even if you say, you know, I don't believe in the environmental impact of food waste. Okay, fine. I may disagree with you, but let's put that on the side. Let's just make sure this food is feeding poor people because we can get it for really, really.
1: Yeah, it's definitely better than being wasted and going to the landfills. So, uh, Joseph, uh, going back to early days, so you started Leket Israel in your 20s, which could be a very daunting step for many young people. How did you manage to grow Leket Israel as well as support your family at the same time?
0: Okay, so... I'll start with the second question first. I happen to be fortunate. We have some family businesses that I'm able to still participate in, and that helps us take care of ourselves. And we're very, very lucky uh, to have that, and I appreciate that every day in my life. That's question B. Question A, so look, I think we found a niche that was just not being dealt with in the State of Israel. Food banking, food rescue exists throughout the world for decades. It's in the Bible, not wasting. And yet in the state of Israel, which has wonderful NGOs, this particular piece was missing. But first of all, part of the way we've grown it is we walked into something that just needed to exist but didn't. And so with some good management, with some decent fundraising, and with some very excited partners, we've just been able to grow organically over the years without too much complication. It's really been. Oh, that's
1: brilliant. You know, so the support you know, system around you was really commendable and we're able to do that because of the support environment around you, whether it's family or the the fundraising side, the corporate partners. So that was that went really well, if 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 you put it like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, it started with me, but very quickly brought in partners and people were just excited to get involved. And when you have that kind of push and some good employees who work with you on managing the operation, things can scale up very, very quickly. So, you know, an organization that in its first year had sure. a budget of $75,000 and, you know, one employee. Today has a budget of over $20 million and and 135 employees and feeds 250,000 people every yeah. week.
1: Over a week, yeah. Now, as you said, you know, scaling up in any operations is always, always tricky and could be a mammoth task. So uh, how did you manage to scale up like at Israel? And what were the challenges that you faced in the last two decades?
0: So less than I expected, to be honest, less challenging, partially because again, this was an area ripe for help. And we started at a very difficult time in the state of Israel. And so people were happy to make it a reality. That's number one. Number two, I've been very lucky that I've hired great people over the years. That's what gives me time to speak to nice people like you, because I know that our operation is in good hands. And while everything we do, I may have started, I started it small and I got the idea off the ground and then brought in people who I trusted who really could make it go to the next level.
1: So Joseph, when when you recollect your past experience and the things that you have gone through while you were growing. So can you recollect one instance when circumstances got better of you, but you eventually managed to turn the course of it? And finally, what did you learn from that experience?
0: So look, I think one of our most challenging experiences was we had an electrical fire in our main distribution center. Wow, okay. And it caused a lot of damage. And we had to move, and that's one thing, we're good at it, like moving fast on our feet. But It was a very challenging time because we had no distribution center for a few weeks.
1: Mm, wow.
0: And people count on us. And we were that, able to- That must be
1: really tough,
0: yeah. I would say we were able to find a new center, not perfect, very, very quickly, and we were able to get that going. But even more important, our drivers, for a period of weeks we're basically running like it from our trucks which is crazy you're talking about thousands of tons of fruits and vegetables every month and to be able to run that from our trucks you know while almost moving you know dropping stuff off picking it up and not dropping it off in our central center where it gets repackaged was an amazing feat of uh, ingenuity and thankfully we were able to get our insurance company, who were difficult, of course, to pay up, and we were able to rebuild, but it was still six months. It was six months from the time the fire happened, so we were back in our center. We ended up with a center that was better than what we had before, but we still, um, we still. that was a very, very challenging- right? was That
1: very, was a big challenge, right?
0: Okay. Right, it was emotional because, yes, it's just bricks and mortar, it's just a building, but it's a building where we had been doing so much good work for so many years that it was a challenging, um, operation. So
1: many people's aspirations, dreams, lives at that point to that center.
0: Yeah. I was just gonna say, it's always our team. It really is. I, I, I can't say it enough to anyone who's watching and listening, whatever business you're in, charity or not, it's all about the team.
1: It's always about be, everybody and not I, about I, one person. That's true. That's And true. I may be
0: looked at, you know, sometimes I am looked at, you know, I started the organization and you get a certain level of respect, but when I go into the office and I see what's there, and I just, I can't be more thankful for the team that we've built at it.
1: That's true. So Joseph, going to a very practical question here. So if someone... Um, wants to go about starting something like like at Israel in their own community or in their own country, they have nothing to start with. So no money, no support. Is there a way they could just get about and go about doing it? Because um, there should be something, there should be something that you have learned all along that you can um, place as an advice and a word of uh, wisdom that they can follow.
0: Well, first of all, research, research, research. Okay. Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard something like Lekka doesn't exist in my community, something like Lekka doesn't exist in my country. And then I say, How about a little bit of searching on the internet first? Have you done that? Yeah. And often people will say, you know, do your homework first. That's the point. That's number one. Okay. When you've done your homework and you see that really are, because Lekka only exists because I went to agencies that I thought were doing or would do what I imagined and they just weren't willing. If they had said, oh, working with catering halls, working with hotels, working with corporate cafeterias to get their excess food, why didn't we think of that? We'll do it. Want to help? I wouldn't be here today because I only came to fill in gaps. So the first thing is make sure there's gaps to fill. that's number one number two unfortunately capital is a problem and i understand that so there is a great organization called the global food bank network which i'm on the board of which helps fund and found and uh, and advise to food banks around the world so if there's really no food bank in your country and you want to get something started that's your address you go to them They'll they'll work with you to see if it makes sense. They'll work with you to try to help get it off the ground. It may provide funding. But at this point, most countries in the world do have really great feeding organizations. And so sometimes what makes the most sense is finding what exists and helping them grow.
1: Great. Yeah, that's a great advice, uh, Joseph. How could an individual or an organization listening to us today Support Laket Israel if they wish to do
0: so. Okay, so I can think of a few ways. So, if you're coming to Israel, we're happy to have you volunteering. We've lots of great volunteer opportunities. We don't do long-term volunteering, but, um, you know, if someone's coming on a trip and they want to come volunteer with us for a couple of hours, that would be our pleasure. Uh, second, financial support. We you know, are more than happy to take funds and put them to good use. We work with all sectors of Israeli society, proudly, a politically, a religiously, so certainly worthy of consideration. And I would say third way you can help Leket is not helping Leket, but it's helping yourself. And that's, that's true. being very cognizant yeah. of your food waste. There's no such thing as, it doesn't matter who you are. You can have all the money in the world. We don't have a right to waste. That could be in your company that could be at an event you make. And most important, I would say, in your own home. Be aware. It's not just waste. It's not just feeding the poor. It's not just the environment. It's also your bottom line, your pocket. If I told you, you wasted $1,000 of food last year in your home, and you could have done better, so do better. That's money in your pocket.
1: That's a point very much missed in most cases. And if you just forget everything, if you forget about the planet, if the people, but just think about yourself. The ethos behind our center has always been that if you do good to yourself, you will also do good to the planet and its people. And you wouldn't realize it's a magic bullet. And it definitely works.
0: I couldn't agree more. There's no such thing. You know, we have this like meatless Mondays. We need other things like NLS, no leftover Sunday. Okay. Or, you know, you must eat your leftovers. I tell, I speak to kids all the time, groups, and I tell them there's no such thing as mom, dad, I don't eat leftovers. That doesn't exist. If you create leftovers, you eat them. You don't like it, don't create leftovers. If you don't like how something tastes, okay, fine. We can live with that, maybe. But if if there's leftovers in your home, you must must eat it and I'll say it how my mother used to say no ifs, ands or buts the kids are the future we need them involved I'll give you an example from Israel and that's education it's all about education in Israel there used to be a problem with picking wildflowers and they simply 20 30 years ago started a campaign not to pick wildflowers and now Wildflowers in Israel are such a big thing during the winter months, no one touches them, people travel all over to see them in bloom. It's changed. And so that's what we need to do with food waste, we need to educate kids, teach them in school, and they'll come home and they'll change everything. That's the way things are done. Okay, so a few ways. Number one, we're pushing the government hard, the government of the State of Israel, to sign on to those goals, and make sure that all government ministries are helping when it comes to donating their leftover food, not wasting. That's number one. Number two, um, we're expanding. We're looking to add more trucks, more routes. We're looking to go from 27,000 to 30,000 tons this year, of fruits and vegetables, and to try to get to 40,000 tons by 2030. There's no reason we can't do it. The foods there, we just need the resources. We're looking at different ways of rescuing food. Smaller amounts, less bulk, but in urban centers where we can send volunteers, maybe on bicycles, electric bicycles, to pick up food and bring it to end users. Um, We're looking to export our expertise around the world and make sure that what we're doing here is happening in other places. There are a lot of countries, they think, oh, we're a poor country. We can't do what you're doing in Israel. It's not true. We had... um, we had visitors from food in July, visitors from food banks from a number of countries, uh, some of them from you know poorer African countries. And at the end, they said, we can do this in our country. Maybe not exactly the same way you're doing it in Israel, but we can do it. And so it's internal in Israel and external by advising. And I think we're well on our way to helping the UN accomplish those goals. We're just a small part of it. Israel is tiny, okay, tiny little country. Nine and a half million people crowded. And so, you know, our our impact on the big picture is very, very small, but hopefully lead by example and other people pick up on it.
1: What are your plans for the future as we all are racing towards the UN 2030 goal? And um, how can we all act together to meet the UN goals? What is your one final message to all our listeners that could inspire them
0: to just act now? Oh, well, you know, I think our message is is pretty on point, which is we're here talking about waste, you know, in the in the Bible, uh, there was a commandment, I'll say two words of Hebrew and I'll translate, Baal Tashrit, not to waste. It's part of, you know, every major religion in the world believes in not wasting, okay? That's true. Um, yeah. Whether you believe in the Bible or not, we all believe in not wasting. And I'm here talking about food, but there's so many other areas in life that we need to stop wasting. So if we're thinking about big synergy and the environment, today we talked about food, tomorrow we could talk about clothing, the next day we could talk about electricity, the day after that, you name it. And so our job as good standing members of society is to make sure that we don't waste and we don't waste. And I grew up in the 1980s, where there really were starving people in Africa. And my parents used to say, eat everything that's eat everything that's on your plate. They're starving children. That's the message. People need to get that message. We need to utilize our resources and make sure we're not wasting them. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how old you are. We're all in this together. So my friends, keep at it. It's a hard battle. Keep the good fight up.
1: Thank you so much, Joseph. Uh, it was wonderful speaking to you. And um, I wish you all the best for Leket Israel. And we will we'll definitely wish that we work and work together and we keep going. We will definitely finally reach the 2030 goal. And uh, we will see that the dream actually becomes a reality.
0: From your mouth to God's ears, I hope and pray that together, we can take care of the world's poor, that's in a right. sustainable manner and with respect. And of course, we didn't talk about a lot, healthy, nutritious food, that's also a human right. Everyone should be fed properly, not just in the wealthy Western world, wherever people are, let's take care of them with dignity and with proper health. Thank you so much again for the time.
1: Thank you, Joseph, thank you so much. Food waste is a major global issue. It just not acceptable that we are wasting food every day, every minute, every second, when millions of people around the globe go hungry. And more so, food waste is causing a great issue, and that is climate change. Well, the food that is wasted and dumped in the landfills finally releases methane gas, which is leading to global warming and then eventually climate change. So who is responsible for this, and what can we do about it? It is no one's business at the moment, except that we can point our fingers to the governments and the not-for-profits and other organizations who can do a lot more to stop food waste. But what are we doing about it? What are you doing about it? Is it not our business, or is it just nobody's business at all? We need to answer these questions today and now, because if we do not act now, we wouldn't have a planet that will be livable in the future. So let's get together and address the issue of food waste, because together we can change our world for
2: better. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Big Time Sustainability. Please share, subscribe and join us again next time. If you are a changemaker or know someone who is making a big difference in their community or globally, and should be on this show, please email us at podcast at thebigsynergy.org or visit www.thebigsynergy.org.